and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar, and welcome to Holy Week, where we'll walk in Jesus' steps to the cross to understand what he and his disciples lived through in Jesus' last days as a human on earth. If you're new to the podcast, you can listen to my personal testimony in the first three episodes. I pray that as you hear this message today, it will encourage you to read the Gospels, the good news of Jesus' true salvation, your one-way, non-stop ticket to heaven. So please tap the subscribe button and also share this with your friends. I'm sure there's someone in your life who could use a little spiritual renewal. We all can. The episode will begin after this short message. So, Jesus is dead. What's next? Hopelessness or hope? It's Holy Saturday, the day between Good Friday and Resurrection Day. Not much is said in the Gospels about what the disciples were going through, but we can imagine it. I heard Max Lucado call this day Silent Saturday. Holy Saturday kind of mirrors today. Imagine being in hiding for fear for their lives. It's kind of what we're going through today with the coronavirus pandemic, lockdown, and social distancing. Jesus was dead and put into the tomb. Because it was the Sabbath, the Jews were not allowed to properly mourn or grieve. I have a friend who's going through something similar. His wife passed away two days ago, and because of the pandemic, he probably won't be able to have a proper funeral for her. I'm sure that we'll have a memorial service once this is all over. As I believe, this too shall pass. My mom passed away last Christmas Day. I got the news around mid-morning. She was in Puerto Rico. I lived in Phoenix. I live in Phoenix. I didn't want to tell any of my friends as to not ruin their Christmas celebrations. I posted it later in the evening on Facebook. The next day, I was numb. I knew I had to contact my cousin and friends in, in Puerto Rico, but it being a holiday, it wasn't easy. What, did, what were the disciples feeling? In my last post, I mentioned Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. They probably were not hiding in the upper room with the disciples. Being well-educated in the Torah and the prophets, they were more than likely going through the scriptures, trying to make sense of what Jesus had said about rising on the third day. What did he mean by that? Didn't we read that somewhere? What psalm was that? Well, um, I've done podcasts on um, on several of the fulfilled prophecies. One of them is Psalm 118, which mentions the cornerstone. Um, Psalm 22, which was uh, written centuries before crucifixion and really describes the the pain and agony of, of, um, of being crucified. Then Isaiah 53 is the lamb led to slaughter. And then there's even more... Um, Jewish prophecies uh, from the Old Testament. And I have these um, podcasts in the blog article, which the link is in the show notes here. So I figure that both Joseph and Nicodemus were waiting for something to happen. The disciples, however, were probably freaking out. <laughs> they couldn't properly mourn their rabbi and friend. They were afraid of the Romans and the Pharisees. Could what happened to Jesus happen to them? Another interesting event would have been the high priests going to the temple and finding the curtain torn from top to bottom. This curtain was big and heavy. 
Behind the curtain was the Holy of Holies, where the high priests would take the special sacrificial lamb that had to be spotless on Yom Kippur as a sacrifice of atonement for the sins of the people. In Matthew's account of the crucifixion, he also mentions another curious occurrence. I'm reading from Matthew 27, verses 51 through 53. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, rocks split apart, the tombs were opened. The bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. They left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection, went into the holy city of Jerusalem, and appeared to many people. So that's interesting. No, we're not talking zombies here, so let's get away from that thought. Too bad the disciples didn't have the book of Hebrews. One of the, that's one of the epistles or letters in the New Testament. It puts everything into perspective. Basically, God keeps his promises. That's what the disciples had to focus on. As I read from Hebrews chapter 6, verses 13 through 20, put, your, put yourselves in the shoes or sandals of the disciples. Had they had this letter on Holy Saturday. For example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name saying, I will certainly bless you and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. And that's found in Genesis twenty-two seventeen. Then Abraham waited patiently and he received what God had promised. Now, when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promises, his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Oh, there's a lot of stuff. This is, a, this is a heavy passage, and there's a lot of stuff, and I can go into this really heavy, but I will do that as we go on past the resurrection, uh, through the book of Acts, and into the letters of Romans and the Ephesians, and oh, lots of good stuff coming up. But we find Jesus in all the scriptures. In the Old Testament, he is predicted. In the Gospels, he is revealed. In the book of Acts, he is preached. In the epistles, he is explained. And in Revelation, he is expected. Sunday is coming. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. 
Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3, verses 20 through 22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. The links are in the show website. There too, you'll find links to my two favorite free Bible study apps, YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. These will make it easy for you to get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be